Good morning, folks. And also those of the uh, century here. Uh, of course, this is a special Sunday, so I need to say, sit and quiet. Come on, folks. No response. Uh. Then try again, ah, uh. sit and quiet. Uh. Then, then you some more. Lebanese lost. Uh. The valuation is so much uh, nowadays, so we're not really uh, able to follow through. I'm sure you understand what I say, lah. Uh. Uh, as I say, uh, in our schedule, I actually schedule next Sunday uh, because my wife's family is in Malaysia, so I make a trip there next Sunday. So I advance uh, schedule today to share this New Year message to you. Uh, I'm happy to share, and it's so timely that I have this thought to share with all of you. So after all the um, greetings the last few days, uh, we all tired already, right? And I met one church member. I want to tell them, tell you the name. This was standing outside. See what he's doing here. We tried to catch a movie. Wow, so nice. <laughs> See, I can join you or not? The kind of thing. So, the point is, they say everything is over, so it's so relaxed. Uh, they can make a time to catch a movie now and things like that. I don't know how you're going to have your holiday and to uh, continue this celebration. Alright, before we begin, we have a passage to share with you. I've uh, taken from a familiar text uh, called Proverbs chapter 3. Oh, I'm a bit echoing. Am I too loud or what? Your, 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 your speaker louder than me. Alright, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 10. If you've got time, go and read the whole Proverbs. It's really a blessing to us, having God's word. The translation here is English Standard Version, ESV. Uh, it goes like that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be a healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your produce. Then your buns will be filled with plenty and your vet will be bursting with wine. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we want to Quieten our hearts before you, and thank you for the moment of worship, assuring us that you are here to minister to us from the beginning to the end. And so it is our prayer that our spirit will in touch with yours, and allow your words and this meditation be the encouragement and acknowledgement to our spiritual beings. Lord, we know our body has been filling with food and many other things, but we need the spiritual touch. And so we ask at this moment that touch will come from you. So Lord, speak for all thy people heareth. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 
I'd like to begin by also linking this Lunar New Year celebration to something I have in mind to share. The first of all, this great event called the Lunar New Year is really a call to what we call uh, in China, we call it the Spring Festival. And the date that given to us in the media is start from 1st January to the 12th of March. And this period you can see what we call the largest human migration alone in China. Why I say this? Because you can see the next slide about um, the population that China is having. It says that from 2.9 billion people will be moving around. Can you see the slide, the next one, on the newspaper cutting? That you can see, uh, can may not be clear, let me share with you, there are four categories. The Chinese people, by road, is 2.4 billion of people, increased actually down with 83.2%, already down, because they pick up with air and also the train services. And train services have gone up from 13.1 over the years. And how many people travel? 389 million. And then by air, you have 65 million, 2.2 million up. And then the last one is the sea and river in terms of traveling. It's 46 million, 1.5 million up. 1.5% up. Total makeup of 2.98 billion B, folks. How many millions do Singapore has? Really a red dot compared to China. Great country, yeah? and they are moving you know, back to don't know what, Guangzhou, Beijing, Shanghai, don't know where. And even got 1 billion, you're saying, really making the way out of China, traveling. In sale back in China. Why? For this auspicious celebration. And here's also the national holiday for such a long period, at least 10 days, if I'm not wrong. Including about visiting the loved ones, having re reunion, exchanging of greetings, honoring those that have departed, recorded their ancestors, and therefore their ancestral worship is there in place in the Chinese culture. And then for the living, they have paying them visits and addressing uh, them with respect and honor, the elderly folks, and so on and so forth, changing the greetings. And uh, Singapore is no exemption in that. Let me just an example. Uh, I had a reunion with my family, that means my children's children, and then I plan to visit an elderly uncle, one of the senior uncles that's still surviving at the age of about 95 plus, and I plan to see him Monday, tomorrow. Uh, he's still very alert and strong. And so the example is from my father to me and to your children, children, almost like three, four generations. The marvelous thing is, this culture is not overnight, folks. It has been in play in the Chinese tradition, heritage, over thousands of years. There's a record, we'll say about 4,000. 
leading to how many generations and how many people and so on. And they can manage to keep this tradition still in place today. I look at myself, I look at you, we are still celebrating, right? Even though we don't from the motherland. But our forefathers are, and so we get it from them to now. But the point I want to address to you this morning, folks, is the bonding of this family life. I marvel in the sense that after so many years, this culture that we have under the Chinese race or community still ingrained into us from one generation to another. So the meditation for thought, I ask myself and I ask you, can we maintain the Christian family tradition one generation to another to another? Looking at myself or some of us, we're first generation Christian because my parents are not. But thank God they died as a believers. To me, to my son, my son's son. So one, two, three. So far, three generations. Now how are we going to sustain them? It's a challenge, folks. But look at the Chinese culture. All our forefathers have gone long ago. My grandmother landed here with my grandfather. Hundred years ago, then to my father and then to me. But we still keep to that tradition. We don't sing, you know. Just pass on. So I wish and pray with you folks, the Christian community, the Christian culture, the Christian generations should be there from one to another. If you agree, say Amen, folks. Louder, man, come on. Amen. Yeah. Build it into our life. But we have to thank God. There are also guidelines in the scripture to how we can sustain the Christian family. And this is how I'd like to read to you this short paragraph uh, that I gather. It says, A good family, a good Christian family is one that lines up with biblical teaching and one in which member understands and fulfill his or her God role in the life. So first of all, we really start from the Lord, giving us the role, the function, the responsibility to begin with. Then the family is not an institution designed by man. It was created by God for the benefit of humankind. Then man had been given as a stewardship for what to sustain and to grow as a family. The husband and wife has a different role but they must be seen as two in one. As described in Ephesians chapter 5, as a marriage kind of passage, 22 to 26, that a man has his role as a leader and a wife as a supportive person to make up their family unit. And so normally in a wedding, as a prayer for a couple, I always cry out my heart and say, Lord, bless this couple that they will establish a Christian home. Truly, must be there for this couple coming together. And then there is one part about children are given to a primary a responsibility. Ephesians chapter 6. One is to obey the parents. The second one is to honor the parents. And according to this article, these are two different things. Let me read to you. Obeying parents is a duty of children until they reach adulthood. Of course, we still hope they still obey, right? 
obedient to the parents. But honoring parents is a responsibility for a lifetime. Honoring the parents is for a long time, a lifetime. And God promises His blessing on those who honor their parents. Exodus 20, 12. You can see as one of the commandments. Honor your father, your mother, that your day will be long in the land that the Lord God, your God is giving you. So here a very good teaching. If you and I know how to honor our parents, God will say you will live long. Look at the Chinese culture again, folks. The way now we preserve, continue the heritage. Because we have a sense on honoring our forefathers, forefathers, and so that our children will know what to do. And that, to me, really fulfilled the Proverbs 22, 6. You know what we say? Train the child when he or she should go, and so when he or she old, will not depart from that. You know, the Chinese culture captured that. That even when they are old, they will not depart from that. How much more the Christian community need to cherish that teaching? So I pray with you this morning as we think about celebrating Chinese New Year. There is this background that we need to preserve the Christian family longer than my generation or my son's generation. So here you look at the text that we've given to you this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. And verse 9 is, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. To me, these are the high points how bring out the word honoring God or honor God in our midst. So the first point to remind ourselves in the context of honor God is to trust Him. Is to trust Him. You know, folks, in our background, if we don't have the Lord, most of the thing, most of the thinking, most of the research or investment seems to focus on ourselves, the surrounding, and the world that you and I are facing. But because of the Lord coming to us today, we learn to seek ye first His kingdom. Therefore, the teaching here is trust the Lord with all your heart. And you put everything in place for us. We know, folks, sometimes it's very hard. Because we never know how the future will be unveiled for us. But one thing here is very sure. God will always keep His sight a bargain. If you trust Him, you will move on. This is how the definition here says. Trust in the Lord means not just believing Him for what He is or what He can do for us but to have a full confidence in God for what He is going to lead us into. Anyway, if you don't trust God, whom do you want to trust? Your money, your wealth, your health, your neighbor, your friend or your best friend? Thank God for all this, really. But I think the most reliable, firm person that we can turn to is God Himself. And so the encouragement for us, how to get into that trust in us. We need to do something. A suggestion here is to spend time in meditating His Word. We need to, folks. That will be our source of encouragement. And this is what Jeremiah say. 
in chapter 17, verse 7 to 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts is the Lord. He is like a tree, familiar, right? Planted by water, that sends out its roots by the stream, and does not fear where the heat comes. For its leaves remain green, for it is not anxious in a year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That's the trust. We are God. He will provide. He will lead. He will guide. And He will bless. That you and I will have a fruitful life. So the word is meditating on God's word. And see how He continues to lead us. The second part to go into the trusting is to have time in prayer with the Lord. Not just and touch and go prayer, folks. I hope we don't do that. Prayer should be deep and minister to us. Or not because you want a bus to come. Lord, please send a bus. Lord, please, I'm playing football. No rain. It's okay. <laughs> very, very easy prayer. You know, I was just sharing also in the morning. Uh, one day, I think this week only, I can't remember. I was trying to really make my prayer. I do, I do. All right. Or offer my prayer. So happily I say, Lord, I'm now going to pray. Pop, there was a voice singing inwardly. Do we have a problem with God? Oh, my answer very fast. No, no, no problem, God. I can come to you and can pray. Pop again, another response. Come back. We say, Do you think God has a problem with you? Here again, folks. Do you think that God has a problem with you? Wow, then I slow down. Literally, I think so, so I say, Lord, I think you, I have a problem for you. Or I'm because some problem to you. Because of this, because of that. Then I need to make my confession. So, folks, to me, prayer goes that way. I'm not sure about how your prayer life Go deeper. The scripture asks the Lord to speak to us. Does He have a problem with us? Sometimes we do in the sense, Lord, we still cannot overcome this. Lord, I'm still angry with so and so. Lord, why have things happen like that to us? And things like that. Does God have a problem with you? Because of our reaction. It will be good for us to make up, make up with God. But nevertheless, look at men like Abraham. When God called him to leave the hometown, does he have a problem with God? It seems that he doesn't. In fact, he thinks he goes bye-bye to his family, riches that he had. When God called Moses, did he have a problem? Yes, a lot. A lot of excuses, right? Lord, not me. I'm not a local speaker. I don't have this leadership. I don't have that. Will Pharaoh listen to me? Because said, don't worry. I'll take care. You just lead. And because of his response, Joshua, the young leader, later took on and entered the promised land. Not Moses. Then in the New Testament, we realize Paul, before his conversion, I'm sure you're familiar with, 
because of his Jewish background, so 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 proud of himself that no one should kind of cajole them, so to speak, new believers. So he put them into jail and even tried to kill them. But God arrested him. He said, Paul, why you do all these things? I am Jesus. And of the day, Paul, or Saul, became Paul, became a believer, accepted the call of God in his life, and so much so in the letters you can read or testify that he was not only just want to be a prisoner of Jesus, but even even he willing to die as a servant, a martyr for God. Paul and the rest put their trust in the living God. Folks, if you and I are talking about honoring God, let honor him with the confidence and faith that we have in him. Trust him for what he is and what he can do for us. The second point for us to remember to this meditation is the word from verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. I think a bit harder for us to digest. You know when we talk about wealth, scary, right? Not sure how we can do that because sometimes we have limited resources or I go into uh, uh, bankruptcy, uh, not because of giving, but our pieces and other things perhaps. Or, uh, am I uh, running low in my reserve, or able to uh, keep enough for the raining day and so on. So, a lot of considerations, so to speak, in terms of wealth, or how we manage it. But I ra- ra- realize that honoring the Lord with the wealth, has other things to imply. And the thought that come to me as I learn from this meditation is we have to ask ourselves this question. How important God is to you or to me? Talk about honoring God with our wealth. Put it aside first. The fundamental question is how important God is to you? Is everything no problem, right, folks? And therefore, it will be a good challenge for us to learn from the Scripture. In fact, there is a writing here. Offer your first fruit to the Lord from your produce. In other words, no leftover, not the broken pieces, not the unwanted one. I'm sure you don't want to give kind of rotten apple or oranges to your friend when you buy lien, right? Or neither you don't want to receive some origins that uh, already more or ordinary. You want to give the best, even to your friend or your uncle, your grandmother, and so on. I'm sure God deserves more than that. And so here he says, offer God your first fruit. There's someone right here. Many violated this rule by giving a fourth piece of all they had. This is not honoring. Others violate it by giving what is left after the expenses. This is not honoring. Others giving him, giving God leftovers, whether whether large or small, is not honoring. And it does not fulfill the teaching here in Proverbs 3. So think about it, folks. The teaching here is honor God with what you have, the first word, and he will fill it up for you, folks. He will double up what you give. Not the prosperity gospel, but in the sense that God give you that honor in return. 
Talk about honoring God. Let me share with you. The staff already told me about this. Let me make it clear. Then one of the days, we have ministry called the Shut In. Then we bring the Holy Communion to folks who are unable to come to church, mostly elderly folks. So one afternoon, I think they were, I can't remember, sometime back a year ago, but this staff, oh no, this PDM and I, is a guy, went to serve communion to the elderly lady. And she was very friendly, chit-chatting, uh, even give her tidbits on the table and come with a canned drink. I still remember it grips. You know. But the PDM, he, he drank it. A guy like me always try to avoid canned drink and sweet drink, or left it there untouched. So when we go off or left, the elderly folks were running, catching, hey, for you, for you, for you, something like that. I haven't said a pastor with it. So my PDM was in front of me, trying to help her to take the can or drink. She pushed his hand aside. Not for you, for pastor. <laughs> I feel so fighty for you. But deep in my heart, I reckon the lady, the elderly folk, say the role of a pastor, and I feel so honored. Now folks, I'm not asking for more than anything. Felt that honor, the sense of appreciated was given. Of course later I share, not sure, actually I give the drink back to the PM. You, you can continue. But I accept the offer heartily, you know. But yeah, see, look at me, lovely lady, who had the thought of recognizing the role of pastor and honor him or her in that manner. So this thought with me for a meditation here. I'm sure God really deserves all the honor. As we men can receive such honor high places, what more? God himself. So it is a teaching here, folks. To honor God with what we have before Him. And I like this true story. I just discovered this man, R.G. Litrono. I hope I know how to pronounce his name. I talk about the 19th century, perhaps, uh, or 20th century. Very rich man, industrialist, and so on. And he is the guy who say, It is not how much my money I give to God, but rather how much God's money I keep for myself. You heard this phrase before? He's a real man. Go and Google and find out. And his background is very simple. In fact, he was really a devout Christian. At one point, he in fact wanted to see whether he could respond to God to serve as a pastor or missionary giving his life to God. So there was this occasion that he having a prayer with the pastor then. After prayer, the pastor gave him this advice and it almost like shocked him. He said, don't worry, God also needs businessmen to serve him. So in other words, you don't have to be a missionary or pastor. You can be a school teacher and nurse. Uh, 
perhaps professional like lawyer, doctors. And he can be a businessman for God. So he took up the challenge. He said, okay, God, I will serve you. Then he went into business, doing construction work uh, on the roads and so on. Actually, moving very well. But then suddenly he faced a crisis that he almost, uh, he was in debt for 1000 $100,000 in debt in the year 1927. But he prayed very hard and that moment the Lord restored him and also rescued him. That he could kind of survive with that uh, crisis. In fact, during the crisis, he pledged to the Lord, I will support the mission, uh, mission work for 5000 a year, something like that, even though he was in debt. And you know, 5,000 could be a lot, right? In those days, many years. And so that was already a breakthrough, according to his biography, that in 1935, he made gigantic profit to his manufacturing pieces, construction, and so on. So together with the wife, Evelyn, they make this transition and make a pledge. That out of the 100% they have, they will only use 10%, 90% go to God's work. And this is what he writes. It's not how much my money I give to God, but how much money of God's money I keep for myself. Because the day that he reckoned that he could be a businessman for God, God became his partnership in business. Suppose it was 50-50, right? But I say no. God should take 90, only take 10. And he has been there throughout his entire business life. Read up, folks. Google. So I shared it with you, folks, this morning. I'm sure he learned from Robert to honor God with our wealth. I'm not sure how 90% to you, no? But here, somebody can offer to the Lord. So it will be good for us at this moment, pause for a moment of silence, and ask the Lord to speak to us. How you and I will honor Him, whatever He has given to us. The first move is to trust Him. Second move is to see how much we can honor Him through our blessings. Okay, let's go to God in prayer. Take a moment of prayer. Let the Lord speak to us and let the Spirit guide us. Perhaps if you get something from the Lord, you can even write down and make that commitment as we accept and receive this Lunar New Year before God. That how can I honor God, whatever He has given to me? Take a moment of prayer, folks. Yes, Lord, we place ourselves before you in prayer. We believe you are here to minister to us how we as an individual belonging to you as a family can respond and make commitment to you in love. That's the way you love us. That's the way you give us. 
as the way you guide us. So we pray for these dear ones who are here this morning. We know there's a joy of celebration, joy of blessing one another. But above all, Lord, we thank you for blessing you given to us. And so we want to submit all our prayers, the commitment that we place before you, and ask that as we honor you, you will bless us, and also honor what we say and declare to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.